On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Gina Furtado grew up as a homeschooler with music as the central interest in her curriculum. She quickly became a banjo aficionado, winning several awards, eventually landing herself a spot with Chris Jones's band, The Night Drivers. Her latest endeavor finds her starting her new band and launching on a solo career. Gina and I talk about all of that in this next edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Gina. Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us and uh, making it work out to to be here with us today. So, um, are you still in Front Royal, Virginia? Um, I live in Winchester, Virginia, actually, which is about... 40 minutes from Front yeah, Royal. Close in proximity. Well, I, I live um, uh, just outside of Harrisonburg. So in the oh yeah, in, in yeah, the big in the big world, you and I live real close to each other, even though we're yeah, still about two hours apart. Bluegrass, bluegrass neighbors, yeah. Right, that's right. Yeah, bluegrass neighbors. There you go. <laughs> um, so you um, have lived there your whole life? Um, I grew up in Front Royal and then um, briefly lived in Nashville, you know, when I was 18, you know, yeah. did that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I've been here in Winchester for the past 10 years or so. And uh, based on what you just said, uh, being in Nashville at 18, I, I take it that music's been a part of your life, most of your life? Oh, yeah, my entire life. How did that started. start for you? <laughs> um, well, I started on classical piano lessons when I was five. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I was homeschooled. All, all of us, all of us siblings were homeschooled, and it was kind of like the main focus of homeschooling was music. Ah, so, okay. Um, so yeah, so doing those classical lessons was like huge focus for the first couple of years and. Um, yeah, and that just kind of like set the stage for like being a musician is part of my identity. <laughs> so. <laughs> and you, if I uh, understand correctly, you um, played a lot with your siblings growing up. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. So e- even out yeah, guess, professionally, right? Like, I mean, you guys had a band, an act together here on the East Coast. Yeah, we did. Um, so that would have been like a couple years later. You know, I guess I picked up the banjo around, like, 10 or 11 years old, and then that's when we really started to play out more. Like, we kind of got the bluegrass bug, and, um, yeah, we did the whole, like, family band thing, and we toured around a good bit around the East Coast, and, um, you know, did a bunch of fiddlers convention competitions and things like that. Um, Busking on the street corner. (laughs) We did a lot of that. Yeah. So what yeah. um, what took you to Nashville? Um, oh gosh, that that's a long story. But um, I guess 
honestly, it was the school down there I was, con- I was intending to go to, um, Aquinas School. It's like a very, very tiny school that I got a good scholarship for. Okay. Um, so I went to one semester, but um, unfortunately, while I was living there, and um, I had a roommate, um, I don't even know if you want this on your podcast, but I had a roommate. Well, you can give us the short version. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, anyway, just uh, we had like a terrible crime happen at our apartment, and she ended up, you know, we just I just didn't want to stay there at that point. I was 18 years old, and right, after yeah. this big, horrible thing happened, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going home. Right, yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, so you you come back home to uh, to to play to to find a job. When when did it become uh, apparent that that this actually might be something you could do for a living? Um, you know, really, not until a couple of years ago. Um, I've I mean, ever since I started playing the banjo, I've been playing like you know, making money in some context <laughs> to some degree. You know, playing right. gigs and. Um, and then it just kind of, let's see, I guess it was about five years ago or six years ago, maybe I started playing with a, a regional band and getting more serious about, I think I did a bunch of booking and I made the website and I started to, um, just get a lot more into it that way and realize that it, it's like a, you know, totally viable livelihood. Right, yeah. Teaching yeah. more, stuff like that. And then and then after that band, you know, I, I realized, like, I wanted to do something a little more serious and went out and found um, Chris Jones, who I'm currently playing with. Right, and that's uh, Chris Jones and the Night Drivers, and for our listeners, it's uh, Chris Jones from uh, Bluegrass Junction on Sirius XM. How... How did that connection happen for you? Because that's you're still you're still a part of that band, correct? Um, actually, just for a couple more months. Okay. But, um, yeah, yeah. For the okay. moment, I'm still in the band. Okay. Um, and they're wonderful. Um, and yeah, I had actually I was just kind of ready to kind of play with a more professional level band. Um, we'd met the Night Drivers at another gig, and I reached out to John Weisberger, and I just knew that John had you know a bunch of connections in the bluegrass scene and I reached out to him to let him know that if he knew of anyone looking for another banjo player that I was looking for another job. Okay. And that was like exactly when Ned was um, moving to the Becky Muller band. So, right. So they just said, well, how about you play in our band? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, ab- yeah. talk about the uh, right place at the right time. Yeah. And how long ago was that? Oh, about Three and a half years ago. Okay. So you mentioned that you were um, leaving that position uh, here in the next couple months. What does that mean for you? Well, I have my own band all set up. Um, it's called the Gina Furtado Project, and um, yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it. I've got my sister is going to play fiddle, Melina Furtado, and she's a great singer as well. Yeah. And then Max Johnson is going to play bass. He lives up in New York City. And um, Drew Matalich from Asheville, North Carolina, is going to play guitar. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess really it comes from songwriting becoming more and more, like, kind of a part of what I do. I'm like, it's just something I absolutely love doing. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I just kind of want to 
focusing on on the songs that I write. Yeah, and and I'm I'm assuming that this stems from your uh, album that came out a year or so ago, uh, True Colors, which was your debut project, um, which was quite successful for you. Debuted at uh, number thirteen and and had uh, I think two number one singles, right off of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I put out that album, and that was just kind of, you know, I just, I it was a passion project. I just wanted to do it so that I could record my songs, you know. Yeah. I wasn't planning on doing much with it, but yeah. it did so well, and I've had so many great just gig offers just crop up. Um, so, yeah, no, that absolutely plays into this, you know, deciding to focus more fully on, on my own, you know, my own project. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just, yeah, it just seemed to go over well, and um, I was turning down some good work that I would have liked to have done. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Did did you, um, um, when you started this pre the Night Drivers, any idea that you'd be able to be in a position to? Um, record an album that did so well and think about starting your own project at the next level? Um, pre the Night Drivers, so when I'm, you know, when I started playing with, like, the regional band. Right, and, yeah, yeah. Um, I had always, always wanted to record my own album. So I was I was planning on it, you know, and certainly not. Like, I, I just thought I would just record it at the local studio and, you know, certainly not get it on a label or anything like that. Right. And never dreamed of doing my own band. You know, I've always just been a side man, and I've <laughs> loved that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would say, no, I would never have expected that. It just kind of, like, kind of unfolded that way, and, and you know, you just get that that gut feeling that it's time to do that. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Trying, trying to listen to that. What is that transition, um, maybe in general terms, we don't have to, because it probably, we could take hours to answer this question, but the transition from being a side person in a band that's, you know, having fun, but kind of more regional project to, you know, moving into, obviously, Chris Jones and the Night Drivers have have, uh, had some really good success, uh, you know, in a larger scope, and then stepping away from that to becoming the band leader and being in charge and the CEO, for lack of a better word, of, of a new project. Um, yeah. What does that, um, what does that feel like? And, and is there a, um, an educational process that you've learned by osmosis or do you really have to uh, sit down and, and really just consider that before you just launch out into something like that? That's a really good question, but yeah, you know, the work that I did with the band, it was called Bugs Collective, by the way, the regional band I was playing uh-huh. with. Right, and I'm familiar with The them. work that I did there, like, really, like, gave me confidence for what I'm doing with my own projects okay. now, because of all the, you know, the more, like, kind of band business aspect to, you know, that side of things, because it's huge, you know, there's a ton of, ton of work with booking and making a website and all that um, so, yeah, I think just having done that, like, definitely makes me feel confident doing, like, what I'm doing with my own band. And then, right. you know, when I transitioned into um, the Night Drivers band, that was my first, like, really professional-level job. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. as a banjo player. And that was that was just fantastic. I mean, Chris is like really great. Um, and he was so encouraging of me to just do whatever I do. You know, he didn't want me to, you know, try to imitate what Ned had been doing or Right. Um you know, but I started traveling a lot with them. That was totally new to me. Okay. Um but I'm pretty I'm pretty like go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so I I loved it, you know, it yeah. kind of fell into place and comfortable with it right right away yeah yeah and so moving forward with your your new project i'm guessing there's maybe a new album in the works too yeah it should be out very soon actually we'll have a single um release in the next month or so and then the full album will be out um sometime in the next couple of months and does that have a title the record yeah, yeah, that one's going to be called I Hope You Have a Good Life. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I know, I figured if I have to plaster stuff on social media for the next six months, it better be something kind, right? <laughs> right, yeah, but you know, you, that, that's interesting though because you, um, maybe even 10 years ago, but certainly 20 years ago, you, you wouldn't have to think of things like that, but, but it makes sense to pick a title that uh, catches somebody's attention that maybe aren't even looking for music, but that just the sentiment of I hope you have a good day links back to um, your music and your website, you know, all that. We, you used right. to not have to think about how to tie all this stuff together. I'm, um, yeah, no, that's true. Yep. It certainly it's has wrong. changed the landscape for being a musician. It has, yeah. Um, yeah, I think for me, though, it's just also... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it has. It's some. Um, it does have something to do with like. I just want to um, get it a catchy title, like something that people will notice and and want to know more about. Um, right. But it also is kind of like what I um, like hope to do with my music. You mm-hmm. know, like ultimately, it's like I want to, you know, help people connect with their, you know, whatever it is that they're going through through the stuff that I'm going through and writing about and yeah. playing about. You know. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so as you know, consequentially, those the songs, a lot of them are about just kind of, <laughs> you know, just getting through stuff, making the world a better place, and sure, better and growing, yeah. and, you know, such and such. <laughs> Is the writing process for you something that you um, take time, set aside? And, and are intentional about that or do these songs just kind of happen as you live life? Um, kind of both. Um, with the plans to make an album, I'm definitely like, yeah, I mean, I what you know, when I'm, when I'm planning to make an album, I was definitely like thinking, okay, I've got to make sure to have, you know, X number of good songs. So I set aside more time to do it. Um, or maybe I should say I kind of kind of allowed more time in my schedule to let it happen. Right. That makes sense. Um, but it is—it's all like very kind of cathartic to me, and um, yeah. So I mean, if I if I had all the time in the world, I would I would be writing a lot more than I do. Okay. So it's like when I'm preparing for an album, I I allow that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. More than I do when I'm not about to make an album. Did you have um, uh, a, a set number of songs when you went into the studio for this new record? Or, or 
more of a collection that you kind of sorted through when you got there and, and picked the, the ones that you liked the most? I am like a uh, super planner. <laughs> I okay. like to be like super prepared. So I had it all picked out and all arranged. And, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm just a planner that way. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's been your favorite part of all of this? The recording process, or you mean like just your music? music yeah, the your, the recording process, but your uh, your musical career and and you know from where you started to where you are now. Hmm. There's so many, so many aspects of it that I love. I absolutely love um, traveling and just some kind of <laughs> you know going places that I never ever would have gone uh-huh. otherwise if it hadn't been that we have a gig there. Um. So that's huge for me. And then the, like, the cathartic process of, of writing. Yeah. And that goes for tune writing as well. But okay. That, that has been huge for me in my life. So I'd say between those two things. Yeah. Be it. <laughs> okay. Um, what's the tour look like for you this time uh, or, or when you start? As when, when does that start? When do you start as a solo act? And, and then what does that look like for you getting on the road with the new record? Um, that's, that starts in September, so my last run with Chris Jones and the Night Drivers will be um, actually an Ireland tour at the beginning of September. Okay. That's um, a nice way to go out. <laughs> and then, yeah, 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 exactly. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, so after that, um, I have some dates lined up for the fall. Um, we're, yeah, I've got it all up on my, on my website, but yeah, we've got some dates lined up for the fall, but I'm not playing real hard until 2020. So at that point, we'll have the album out and get from there. I noticed that you had a um, IBMA nomination in 2018. Will you be able to get back to IBMA this year and, and play with the new music? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We're, we're actually on the lineup of official showcase artists. So, and, um, yeah, so we'll have some good showcases there. Um, and I'm also going to be doing the songwriters showcase. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, so, yeah, so we'll be there for the whole week. So the new record is I Hope You Have a Good Life. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, out uh, IBMA time or sooner than that? It'll be before IBMA. Okay. Yeah, we know that for sure. Just don't have the exact date. All right. So if people want to follow along and, and they want to want to make sure they get it when it comes out or they want to reach out and find out your tour schedule when they can catch your music or maybe even pick up your first record what's the best way to do that how can they get in touch um they can go to my website is ginafurtadobanjo.com and um and there's you know all the contact info there but there's also just a form they can shoot a little message on quickly and easily, which I love to hear from people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, howdy. Yeah, and and on Facebook, right? On Facebook, yep. I've got a Gina Furtado artist page and, of course, a personal page. Yeah. Either one of those. Awesome. Well, we're certainly excited to to hear the new music and and catch your new project and wish you the best with it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for doing this, Greg. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com.
What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.